Hi, I'm Angela Ardolino and welcome to Your Natural Dog, my podcast featuring in-depth conversation with the world's leading holistic veterinarians and pet care pros. Join us every week as we reveal natural alternatives to the outdated, one-size-fits-all pet care model we're used to. If you like what you hear, please make sure to leave us a review wherever you get your podcast. The only way we can get our message out to pet parents all over the world is with your support. Stop barking! I'm trying to record a podcast! Hey everybody, Angela Ardolino here with Your Natural Dog, and my guest today is Dr. Todd Cooney of Natural Animal Consulting, um, which is awesome because that means you can consult with him if you need to. And what we're talking about today is the problem with vaccinations, the disease and issues that they cause in so many dogs, how they create something called autoimmunity, which is versus a dog getting natural immunity. So he's going to talk to you about what those problems are, and he's going to also offer you natural alternatives called nosodes. And if you do have a dog that you think is suffering from vaccinosis, he's also going to help you what you can do to help your dog. So stay tuned. And we're back with your natural dog with my guest today, Dr. Todd Cooney. And I love your story of discovering, you know, alternate medicine or holistic medicine, whatever you want to call it, when you had your own health scare which is kind of like why how I discovered it. But I one of the things that's always so complicated for us being, you know, cannabis and mushroom and plant people is getting through to veterinarians because it's a new thing. How right. how was that transition from going from practicing as a conventional veterinarian to turning to something like homeopathy, which is completely seems like on the opposite side of everything. And does that help you under uh, make you understand like why maybe some vets are stuck in their ways and aren't able to go, okay, maybe there is something better or, you know, new out there that I don't know about. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, which one of those should I answer first? Let's see. <laughs> How was um, it for you? I mean, I, I mean, I imagine for you that it was pretty much, wow, cool. This is awesome because of what you do now. But yeah. why, why aren't we seeing that more and more? Like, I can't imagine being a vet and not seeing or seeing, you know, vaccinations not work or yeah. side effects from medications and they're yeah. not stopping the seizures to make me go, there's got to be something <laughs> else out there. Exactly. I know. And I, and I can totally sympathize with conventional vets because I right. did that for about 20 years. You know, wow. so I, I wish I hadn't done it that long. I mean, looking back, I wish I had converted earlier, but. Well, I appreciate you saying that so much because some people don't ever want to admit that. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, now that I'm looking back on it and doing what I'm doing now, and I feel like this is really the best way to go. And I feel like what I was doing was not the best way to go. So I, I wouldn't say I wasted all that time. I gained a lot of experience in other areas, you know, surgery. I got better at surgery, which is necessary, whether you're doing holistic or conventional. But, right. but yeah, if I hadn't had a health crisis, I don't think I would be doing homeopathy. I think I would still be beating my head against the wall with conventional medicine. And um, I mean that in a kind way, because <laughs> I think the reason more conventional vests don't switch over is because 
they're just so grounded in what they're doing. You know, I mean, they spend a good chunk of time trying to get into vet school and probably working for a vet. And then they spend a good chunk of time in vet school. And, and when they get out, they're, they're like tunnel visioned, you know, I'm going to stay on this path and, and learn it and do the best I can. And, and that's kind of how I was. And not only that, the student debt you have. The, <laughs> the student debt. Mine wasn't near as bad as it is these days, but um, it's amazing. it was formidable. You know, I felt my goal when I got out of vet school was to pay off my student loan before my daughter started college, which was. <laughs> did you do it? I did. Made it, by about, made it by about a few years. But so we joked about it because it, it seemed like a big task at the time. But now that's all behind me. And but yeah, homeopathy was um, something I knew about. I was aware of it. I was aware of acupuncture. We did have one instructor at the vet school at Purdue that he was a equine horse guy, but he was he was interested in acupuncture, and he exposed it to us. He Good. actually did a lecture. Uh, we had one hour of lecture on acupuncture for four years of vet school. But <laughs> well, at least you got that. But it was enough to you know make me curious. Exactly. And I never forgot it. You know, I could I could always look back on that. And that was actually my first experience with holistic medicine was being treated with acupuncture, and it was a. Uh, it was a uh, aha moment, you know. It was like I walked into the acupuncture doctor on crutches. I didn't walk. I crutched in because I had torn my knee up. And when I left, I walked out of the room, and she said, don't forget your crutches. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, this is interesting, you know. There's something to this. And that really got my attention, and I started – I just started off on that path. And then I discovered homeopathy – almost by accident, because I was trying to take the acupuncture course. It was full that year. This was in 2008. And so I, I found uh, the homeopathy course with Dr. Pitcairn. Ah, yay! And I, and I emailed to see if there were any openings, because I couldn't tell from the website. And he called me, you know, he called me like the same day. And he goes, we have one opening. Someone just canceled. Do you want it? And I said, okay. Yeah, I don't, I don't really know what I'm doing, but okay. Neat. So you must have been like, what? A whole <laughs> well, new world. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was really, uh, I was really not sure what I was doing. You know, I, I, uh, all I knew about homeopathy was how to spell it. You know, sort of. And yeah, I can um, barely say it right. I had no experience with it at all. Other people in the course had had some experience or had used some homeopathy, or, but I really didn't know the first thing. You know, other than, other than what I knew from my limited experience in Germany, when I lived in Germany for a few years, a lot of the German vets use homeopath, homeopathy. So, Well, I feel like we're bringing it back. You know, this is how it was done originally and we need to bring it back. I I think we are trying to bring it back. And I think there are forces against us for sure. But, you know, those forces have always been against homeopathy. Yep. From day one. I mean, Hahnemann himself, he had to move from town to town he kept getting run out of one town after another because they didn't like him. You know, they didn't like this guy's new ideas that conflicted with their ideas. And they didn't like him curing people that they couldn't cure. Well, I kind of feel like uh, him now being the, the cannabis and mushroom person. Yeah. You know, yeah. who the heck are you? What do you know? And that type of thing. And it's like, oh, yeah. this is voodoo. No, exactly. it's, it's medicine that existed thousands and thousands of years ago. And it's just making a comeback finally. <laughs> it, it is. And it's about time. And I, I think we could, you know, I think we could create a, a tidal wave effect, you know, because there's enough, I think there's enough grassroots support 
And I hear from people all the time, you know, why aren't there more people like you? And I said, well, you know, I don't know. I'm, we're uh, trying as hard as we can to grow our numbers. Um, one of my friends just this year started a new course for veterinary homeopathy. So there's two courses now, actually, that people can take to get certified. There was, there was only Dr. Pitcairn's course, and now there's a second course. So How good. Yep. And um, I'm more involved with Dr. Pitcairn's course than I am with the newer one. I, I'm still on faculty with his course. So. Oh, awesome. Yeah, it, it is great. What I really want to talk to you today is about vaccinations. Oh, yeah. And no-sos, <laughs> because I didn't even put homeopathy and vaccinations together, and it completely no. makes sense. I was always thinking of it on treating diseases and it's very complicated to me. I've sat and I've I've read Dr. Pickaren's book. It is my favorite. Anybody who's interested in, I think it is the simplest way to understand. I think it is. I think it's a good place to start. You yeah. Know? And it's a good overview. He did a really good job of putting that information together. And he it's did. in the fourth, fourth edition now. So Yeah, I think that's the one I got. I think I got the latest mm -hmm. one. Because he mm -hmm. told me he added some some good stuff to it or that hadn't been yeah. there. Well, he, he and his wife, they're amazing people. You know, I've gotten to know them over the years and they're just, they're just awesome. And they've done so much, you know, for the holistic community and especially for homeopathy. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Um, so let's first start with a lot of my audience knows that everything we try to do more natural and that we've always talked about vaccinations. But just as a review, what are the problems with our current vaccinations and vaccination schedules? Uh, just the fact that we're giving vaccines, <laughs> that's the biggest problem. <laughs> and I'm, I'm honest when I say that because I, I really think, you know, the society has this impression that vaccines have saved us. You know, they right. have rescued humanity from the grips of infectious disease. And in truth, that's not, I mean, that's really not true. You know, right. anyone who digs into it and looks at the information it was more public health improvements, improvements in nutrition and public health that really caused the decline in all those bad diseases. And uh, there are several books that have been written about this. Suzanne Humphreys has written a good book, probably one of the best books. So that's the big thing, I think, is just being in love with vaccines in a, in a mindset, you know, the whole culture. Like when COVID first hit, you know, the first thing, almost the first thing they started talking about is, oh, my gosh, we have to get a vaccine. And my first thought was, oh, my goodness, people need to learn how to build their immune system. <laughs> it's like the immune system has become not cool anymore. You well, know, like, like people don't even understand how important it is and exist and that damaging and suppressing it is the last thing that we want to do. That's the last thing we should do. And but I think it, it goes along with this whole conventional mindset or allopathic mindset that the body is is weak, the body is incapable of doing very much on its own. It's kind of like, you know, a clumsy, awkward um, teenager or something, and you can't really trust it to get anything done. So we have to pump it full of drugs and vaccines and things to prop it up. Because if you just leave it a, to its own power, you're going to die. You know, right. that's as simple as that. So that's the idea you get. Which is totally the opposite. And you and you, the things <laughs> yeah. that I always look at is I go, well, A, doctors and veterinarians aren't taught about the endocannabinoid system, which no. is the system that is the master system of all systems. So they can't know everything. They're going to know the anatomy and physiology. They're going to help your dog when it's been hit by a car or needs surgery. But mm -hmm. it comes in with diarrhea. Their tools are to write a prescription. 
for it, which has all these side effects and issues and causes problems. (laughs) What I didn't think about is I knew that there were other harmful, first of all, vaccines are, and I'm going to say this extremely layman, uh, vaccines are basically tricking your body into noticing that something's off or giving you that uh, a little bit of the disease. The problem is it's also putting other things in there to trigger your immune system to react to it, correct? Exactly. Yeah, that's it. And those other things that are triggering it are poison to us and cause all kinds of other problems. So explain that to us. I'm glad I got it out right, but explain what is happening. You know, for a vaccine to work, they found out early on that you couldn't just inject like a bacteria or a virus, and really cause much of an immune reaction. But if you coupled it with an adjuvant, which is something, you know, something to really trigger an immune response, then you got a better reaction. And so they add adjuvants to the vaccines, you know, things like aluminum, formaldehyde, mercury. <laughs> Some of those are added as preservatives, but a lot are added as adjuvants. And the adjuvant is really what causes a lot of the trouble. So... And the other thing is the, the whole vaccine process, you know, if it's an injectable vaccine, it, it bypasses your normal route of exposure. You know, usually we're exposed through the mouth and the nose and the mucous membranes. That's how we come in contact with things. And our body is designed, you know, to deal with things. Oh, I know. I watched my favorite movie, Osmosis Jones. Have you ever seen that movie? <laughs> yeah. Greatest yeah. movie ever made. It is good. It should be, <laughs> should be required in it high should. school, I think. It should. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so, so you bypass that. And it's, you know, the way I, it was described to us is it's like you have, you know, your body, your immune system is this fort and it builds walls around your body to protect you. And um, the vaccine is like paratroopers paratrooping right into the middle of the fort, you know, in the middle of the night. They're just invading and, and you know, the walls won't keep it out. The walls weren't meant to deal with that. And so the paratroopers come in and they get in the bloodstream and they cause havoc. And the immune system goes haywire because it doesn't know how to deal with that. I think what blew my mind the most is how it's linked to autoimmune diseases. Exactly. And, and how yeah. it's literally triggering the immune system to do something that it wouldn't normally do because they're giving it, you're getting it the wrong way. So to me, that just, you know, made sense. The other thing that never made sense to me is, especially with what's going on right now, is if you get the disease, didn't your body fight it off and now has the antibodies? Why would we then give a, a vaccine for that same disease that you just that you just fought. What exactly. was I looking at someone's quote that I was laughing so hard, yeah. like going, yes, exactly. I know. Um, and if we had the vaccine, this is the other thing that always you know, makes me go, hmm, is if we got the vaccine, why do we have to give it to our dog every single year? Why am I getting little postcards from, not anymore, because I haven't been to a conventional vet in <laughs> 20 years, but now. why was I getting a, a postcard every month? reminding me, don't forget, uh, they have to come in for this one. Don't forget, there's this new one. I know. The The story I heard about yearly vaccines is that it started as a marketing thing back in the 50s. Uh, honestly, they were- To get them vet, into the office, to get them in to see the vet office. And they had a marketing meeting and this marketing person said, let's do annual shots, you know? I mean, the vaccine inserts didn't say anything contrary to that. So, and then pretty soon the vaccine inserts started saying annual boosters are recommended. 
And, you know, it was, it was not based on any science at all. None. I mean, even less science than, you know, what vaccines, which we can't talk about. But. Right. <laughs> so that went on and on. And then in the 90s, in current vet therapy, Ron Schultz and um, another author, I forget his name, but they, they had a section of the book where they said annual vaccinations are not necessary and they're harmful. This was in the 90s. And there's still vets today doing annual vaccinations and sending those postcards out. They are. And they're not only that, but I, so I also have a brick and mortar grooming shop, all natural groom shop, boarding daycare oh, that good. I bought into. And I couldn't believe, you know, they have to make sure they get all their vaccinations or whatever. So, of course, we're like the only one in town that's like, no, we don't require all that. And they're like, oh, thank God. But what was amazing is that when I took over, all the dogs were vaccinated and all the dogs were still getting all of the diseases or issues of viruses that yeah, they were yeah. vaccinated for. So I was like, started questioning that. And they couldn't figure out why their dog was so sick. Right. So not only did they have the virus, their own immune system couldn't help them because it had already been complicated by exactly yeah. the other ingredients. And, um, I live about an hour away from my alma mater, Purdue, where I went to vet school. I didn't do that on purpose. It just happened accidentally. But <laughs> I meant to get farther away from vet school. But anyway, their study back in the 90s showed I that, love that you're mentioning this study. Well, Thank you. yeah, it showed that 100% of the time dogs develop autoimmunity. Not 90%, not 50%, 100% after one vaccine. And the dogs that were in the unvaccinated group, 0% developed autoimmunity. So it's it's 100 to nothing. You know, that's pretty much a no-hitter. Um, yeah, it's for, still being done completely wrong. And, yeah. And right. so do you get out of a vet school and they go, this is the, the vaccine protocol, or you just decide who you're going to choose to follow? Well, we had, um, honestly, we had one, you know, vet school was four years. Our third year was where we learned all of our medicine and surgery stuff, you know, First and second year were more anatomy and pathology. And third year was how to treat and how to do surgery. And the fourth year was clinical. But in our third year, out of the whole year, we had one hour lecture that mentioned vaccines. And she let us go early that day. Like she put slides up and said, well, all you have to do is follow the schedule on the vaccine insert. Any questions, you know? Oh my and she let us out early that day. Well, if that isn't like evidence that... <laughs> that section is being controlled by someone else, you know, by well, I, I think pharma. it's also, yeah, it's also evidence, I think, that it's considered a no-brainer, you know, by right. the conventional side. They're like, well, you know, vaccines Don't question are, it, just do this. They, they say vaccines are three things, you know, they're necessary, they're helpful, and they're harmless, and they're not any of those. So, you know, they don't even question it. And when I... When I opened my practice I'm in now, about 10 years ago here, um, because I finally decided just to have my own homeopathic practice. You know, I Thank was working in another practice. Well, I was working in another practice, but the other people were co-owners, and they were a little nervous when I started doing homeopathy. And they were like, eh, you know, can you, do, can you not lean on that so hard? So I just left. Even though you're from, proving over and over again that it works. Yeah. But, I, but it all worked out, and I started from scratch, and from the get-go, we said, okay, we're not going to vaccinate for anything but rabies, and we're only going to do that if they're healthy. You know, we're not going to use any other vaccine. And the other vets in town, who I've known for 20 years, 
they all had a conniption. You know, they were like, you're going to cause, you're going to cause chaos in this community. Everything's going to go haywire because you're not vaccinating. And, and it was really nasty for about a year or two. And they, you know, threatened to report me to the vet board and all kinds of stuff. It's died down now because now they see that I'm the only one in town that's not seeing parvo cases. You wow, know, we, good. Congratulations. Well, it's, it's, you know, I can't really take credit for it's it. It's science. <laughs> it's science. And we're proving it, you know, year by year. I eventually want to, I eventually hope to submit a study to JAVMA, which is the conventional veterinary medical journal, and see what they do with it, you know, with huge numbers of puppies and data and just see if they ignore well, isn't, it. Well, isn't the Purdue study like impossible to find? Aren't they already? Oh, they've, they've pretty much scrubbed it. I can't find it anymore. I have it saved on my hard drive but oh good well um, we would love to share it um because I've, I've gone and looked for it and it's it's like it's gone Where did yeah it go? it's amazing how these things just kind of disappear and you can't yeah. find them well and the the major uh the the senior author on the project he disappeared too i think he's still out there but he disappeared from purdue right away after that got, wow got published well, I'm yeah. I'm glad that you're talking about it. I'm certainly going to spread the word. We're going to take a short break, but when we come back, I want to talk about the alternatives to vaccines, uh, no-sos, what the heck they are and how they work. And then what can we do for those who have pets who have been vaccinated? How can we help them out? When we come back, we'll talk about that. If you're like us, your pets are part of the family. That's why at CBD Dog Health, we created a line of human-grade, full-spectrum hemp products tailored specifically to your furry friend's needs. Whether they're suffering from fear of fireworks, arthritis from old age, or even seizures and cancer, research shows that a high-quality CBD oil can make a big difference for them. Enter coupon code RADIO at CBDDogHealth.com for 15% off your first order. That's R-A-D-I-O. CBD Dog Health, healing naturally. All right, we are back with Dr. Todd Cooney, and we're talking about vaccinations and the problems with vaccinations for our pets. Um, so what do we do? Well, there's something called nosodes, which to me, when I uh, read about them, I was like, that's how I thought vaccinations were supposed to work in the first place. So it's right. kind of like... Yeah. This is what I thought a vaccination did, minus all the, the bad stuff. So these are ways that we can avoid giving our dogs um, so many vaccinations. Of course, neither myself or Dr. Cooney can tell you not to give your dog vaccinations, especially when it comes to rabies, because in some places it's required by law. But I haven't given a vaccination to my dogs for at least 10 years um, I have a rescue. I also have two brick and mortar grooming and boarding and daycare businesses, which I don't require vaccinations. And I have never had an incident of anything. If I did, it's usually a client calling me asking me what should they do. And I'll usually tell them how to get rid of it um, naturally without having to, to mm -hmm. do a pharmaceutical drug. But tell us, tell us about what are nosodes and how the heck do they work? No sods. What a funny word, you know. I know. I, well, I know there's a really long word that that's the abbreviated <laughs> that I wasn't even going to attempt. Well, no, it's um, it's actually from the Greek word nosos, which just means disease. Oh, cool. Um, so nos nosology is like study of diseases, and 
you know, so nosodes are just made from disease, you know, and they're, they're homeopathic remedies, you know, they're diluted. All homeopathic medicines are prepared in a similar way. They're, the original substance is taken and it's diluted and it's shaken. It's called succussion where they shake it real hard. They have a machine that does it now, but in the old days, people would take a vial and actually beat it on a, like a leather book. Hahnemann recommended a leather book for some reason. (laughs) So I don't know, but so now machines do it. It's all automated, but the succussion, the shaking process is what makes it more potent. It's not just the dilution because one of the, big stumbling blocks people have with homeopathy is it's so dilute. There's nothing in it. Right. So it can't work, but the succussion stage actually releases energy. And this has been shown by quantum physics people who are now, you know, starting to give us some explanation of how does this stuff really work? You know, cause Hahnemann didn't really know he had some theories and he knew it was a spirit. Like he called it a spirit, like energy, a dynamis, you know, like dynamite. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And, uh, you know, the, the life force he thought was the same thing, just an energetic force that, that kept the body going. You know, that's what maintains you without your vital force, you're dead. You right. know? It's as simple as that. So that's the difference between a corpse and a living person. You've got your vital force, but yeah. So anyway, no sodes, they're made from products of disease which is really gross, you know, when you start talking about it, because if you're going to make a parvo for uh, no sode for parvo, you know, you're going to use the vomit and diarrhea and blood from a dog really? and a parvo. Wow. And you're going to make a, something that you're going to put in their mouth. <laughs> but the beautiful thing is, is that it works way better than a vaccine and it doesn't trigger autoimmunity. And unfortunately, there are some studies by some pretty high up people out there saying that no sodes don't work. And those are based on really bad science, you know, honestly, this, the studies that they did to try to, when they tried to see if nosos worked, they did a bad study. So many bad studies. I'm not going to mention any names, but, you know, just in my own, my own clinical experience for the last 10 years, we have pretty much proven that it works, you know, past our wildest dreams, because I never imagined that I would get to the point where I never saw Parvo in practice anymore. And I haven't, I mean, knock on wood, but it's been 2016 since we saw our last case. That's awesome. So basically what you're doing is you're building natural immunity versus autoimmunity. Exactly. Okay. And explain that. So natural immunity means the body has learned how to deal with the disease itself. And when it goes out into the community, same thing is happening. Was it in Karen's book or no, it was... Uh, was it Dr. Jensen's book where they there was an area where raccoons had some sort of disease and yeah, they would just let in, the... that was in Dr. Pekin's book. Yeah, where they let the dogs just walk around and get autoimmunity and that it, yeah. they used the same area for however many years. That it was so cool to me. Yeah. When instead we're like, don't expose them. Don't let them eat the dirt. <laughs> don't let them... Well, it's, it's a little bit like, I mean... We we homeschooled our kids when they were younger, and a lot of the homeschoolers did chickenpox parties, right? Uh-huh. So if, if somebody broke a chickenpox, everybody said, oh, let's take our kids over there and let them get chickenpox. Right. Which sounds crazy, but so all the kids got chickenpox and got over it, and they were fine, and they had lifetime immunity. Right. And that's, and that's how it used to be for measles, too, and kids would get measles. When I was a kid, I had measles, mumps, chickenpox. Yeah, I remember my older sister did. 
I and we, yeah. and she was the first one to get chicken pox, and so then we same thing. We all <laughs> yeah. we all got it together. <laughs> I always just thought it was great because I got to miss school and eat right. popsicles. Exactly, you know? same. But <laughs> but now it's like, oh my goodness, you know, we have to vaccinate these kids to the hill, you know, and make sure they're not going to get it. But most of the cases of measles these days are in vaccinated children. Wow. And I would I would wager that a lot of you know, translating that to dogs, a lot of the parva cases, the ones we see now are in vaccinated dogs. And why is that happening? Because it's autoimmunity instead of natural immunity. Yeah. And it's, and it's an artificial immunity too. The vaccine creates a artificial immunity that's pretty temporary. You know, it's not long lasting. Um, natural immunity is lifelong. And that was one of the things I noticed too, even when I did conventional practice, if, if we had a puppy that survived parvo, we didn't really need to vaccinate them anymore. You know, I knew they were not going to get it again. And I would tell people that, you know, it's like having chicken pox. Your puppy doesn't, you know, your dog's not going to need more boosters. So can you do no sods for most of the vaccinations, all vaccinations? Uh, all of them, actually. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Including rabies. Including rabies. And rabies, the rabies no sod is actually very old. You know, um, a homeopath named Constantine Herring, he developed... Listen, which is the same as hydrophobinum, those are both the no-soda of rabies. Back in the 1800s, he, he made it from the saliva of a dog that had rabies. And that's pretty scary to be messing around with, you know, rabid dog saliva. But he was kind of a, a Wild West type of homeopath anyway. You know, he, he went down to South America and he got bit by Lachesis, the Bushmaster snake, and almost died. And when he, when he came out of his coma, the first thing he said was, tell me everything I did. Cool. <laughs> while I was while I was sick, uh, he said that to his wife, and so she dictated back to him all of his mental symptoms and things that he did, and that's part of the proving of lachesis. Very cool. Um, yeah. So listen, hydrophobinum. The bad thing is we can't use it to replace rabies vaccine. You know, it's because of the legality. Yeah, it's not considered a legal substitute for rabies vaccine. So you know, we have to tell people that because some people get all excited. Oh boy, now I won't have to vaccinate. Right. I go, well, you know, whether you vaccinate is up to you, but <laughs> this this won't take the place of your rabies vaccine, unfortunately. So if those of us who do have to get that rabies vaccination, however often, and those who have vaccinated their dogs and want to now detox them or help them, mm -hmm. homeopathy is a great choice to help them do this, correct? One of the best. Yeah, I can't, I can't think of anything better, honestly. I mean, some people argue, and even some homeopaths argue that, you know, no-sodes aren't really necessary, and you can just use remedies to support the immune system. And, and that, that's probably true. You know, you probably could. Because I think what's happening, you know, like when we're giving a no-sode to a young animal, say a puppy, they're getting exposed to stuff. You know, you can't really avoid the exposure. And in fact, you you want to welcome it so that they can build that immunity. You don't want to just keep your puppy in a plastic bubble. You know? Right. So as they get exposed and they're building that immunity, the no-sode is helping with that process because the no-sode is like, like a tutor. You know, it's like saying, hey, you know, that's parvo. You need to, you need to pay attention Recognize. to that. Recognize. You know, that's serious stuff. You need to build some serious immunity to that. And so the no-sode, I think, assists the process. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't really take over. Um, the vaccine is more of an overpowering, you know, hijacking of the immune system, I think, where it disorganizes the immune system and causes it to be dysfunctional. And the NOSO doesn't do that. It doesn't impair the immune system. It just comes along gently and, and helps to guide it. Which that, that's how I, I feel how I like is the case 
for every synthetic drug or pharmaceutical drug is that it, it will do what it says it will do. It's just all the bad things that come with it that it causes. Because literally, they only have to prove that it does that thing. Yeah, exactly. And doesn't forget about all the side effects and all the other problems that it causes. That's what's so interesting is one of the number one side effects of these vaccinations are allergies. Oh, and yeah. Every dog. I mean, I'll say, you know, two out of my dogs is an allergy mess. Yeah. But yeah, it's uh, it's so common and, and a lot of times nothing works. You know, we even have my dogs haven't been vaccinated. Well, they're rescues. So a lot of the dog, yeah. my dogs are all rescues at my rescue. So I don't know what their vaccination history was before I got them. But they're now on, you know, the correct diets and correct sup- few supplements. And they still are have different issues because it's whatever their it's history one of the was. Most, yeah, it's one of the most stubborn things that we run into, really. And one of the most common, you know, allergy, allergic skin and ear disease is the most common reason dogs go to the vet. Yep. And we, we know that now for a fact because of pet insurance data, you know, before we could have guessed it because most vets like, ah, all we see well, all day. Well, I could have told you owning a grooming <laughs> salon. All we see all day is itchy skin. Itchy, and itchy. It's the one thing that drives dog owners nuts, and I'm sure it drives dogs nuts, and it drives vets nuts, which is why they resort to these nuclear bomb type treatments, which wipe out the itching. And all they're doing is suppressing the immune system again. Yeah, it's bury, it's burying the problem. It's it's driving the disease deeper. So that's probably one of the reasons we have an increase in things like cancer, and because the disease doesn't have an outlet. I mean, the skin is one of the places where the body will push things to try to keep it out away from the important stuff. You know, skin's important, but it's not as important as your heart and your lungs and your brain. Right. And your internal organs. So when I realized that, you know, doing homeopathy study and realizing that symptoms weren't the enemy, you know, symptoms are the language of the body, you know. It's the distress signal, like the body's saying, help, I need help right here. Right. Yeah, and it's a guide, really, for the homeopath because it helps us find the remedy. You know, we base it all on symptoms. And if we don't have any symptoms, we can't really find a remedy. And so... So, no-sodes are something that... Uh, so, if a pet parent wants to go down this route instead of doing vaccinations, it's something that they're, they're going to want to work, find a homeopath and do it with them. Is it something that they can do over telehealth with you, like... Since oh, absolutely. Yeah. finding it's, someone like you is not yeah. easy. <laughs> it's, well, it's very easy. Yeah, finding people like me is not easy. Nope. We're Like I'm the only one in the state of Indiana right now. There used to be one other, but she moved. And uh, so we're not big in number, you know, but, but our, our outreach is great. You know, I talk to people all over the country and up into Canada and overseas. And, and I've been working with more and more breeders with no-sode because awesome. the word is starting to slip out about no-sodes a little more because I don't think it's gotten very good press, you know, the last 20 years or so. Well, we're going to change that. We're going to try to let people know because it just makes so much more sense. I've had a few breeders convert over to no-sodes and they really love it. You know, they love how easy it is. They love the response they're getting. You know, they're not having to worry about vaccine reactions anymore in these puppies and so, and then they're educating the new owners, you know, when they come to pick the puppy up, they say, here's your bottle of no soap, you know, keep doing this until perfect. puppy's six months old. Oh, perfect. And, and that's, that's kind of our cutoff, you know, six months, but. I felt like during this pandemic, because so many people went and got dogs, that I really was exposed to 
puppies and what they go through and what dogs go through. And I felt like in the past two, three years, I've seen more dogs with issues at a very young age. Yeah, and whether it's yeah. spay or neutering or over vaccination, nine times out of 10 will go, when did the problem start? When did the behavior problems start? Because these, not only is it linked to autoimmune um, diseases and allergies, it causes major behavioral problems. So I, just today, got one today, My this person adopted a golden doodle and it's now a year old and she can't train it and has all these issues. And I always go, I bet it's been vaccinated. It's already over vaccinated and he's not even a year old yet. Yeah. He's yeah. probably already been fixed, you know, the, yep. and that's like over and over and over again. And you're seeing two-year-old dogs with Addison's disease or, you know, covered in hot spots. And you're just mm -hmm. like, what is happening here? So vaccines may be necessary for most of you. Try not to over-vaccinate. There is a schedule. I can't remember if you offer that schedule, you know, that there, I know Gene Dodds has a, a vaccination schedule, but limiting how many you give at a time, how often all makes a difference. Even better, no sods. And even better, <laughs> no sods, which yeah. um, if I ever, you know, have a puppy or a young dog again is absolutely what I'm going to do. Yeah. And it's hard to do the first time you do it. It's hard. And people have, you know, hesitation because if they've always vaccinated, you know, it's really hard to go off that path and try this and, and trust it. But most of us are doing that now, you know, yeah, because yeah, most, yeah, we're, we're finding already. that CBD will stop the seizure. CBD will, you know, yeah. help them with their arthritis or pain. Medicinal mushrooms, you know, are anti-cancer and anti-tumor. So there's a lot of us now that are going, yeah, we're, we're going to do the opposite of what convention has told us. Because yeah. once you lose your first dog after doing everything that your conventional vet told you, that's the last time that that's going to happen again. Uh, yeah. A lot of times that's, yeah. A lot of times that's what drives people to contact. Right. Or they have their own health issue yeah. like we did. Yeah. That too. But a lot of times it's, yeah, they don't want to lose another dog to cancer or they don't want to, you know, go through that again. Well, I'm sure our listeners are going to want to get in touch with you. What is the best way where they can find you and follow you and get in touch with you? Oh uh, yeah, I have a website and it's it's pretty simple. It's three words natural animal consulting at uh, dot com, naturalanimalconsulting.com. And they can contact me through there. There's a link that they can send an email or they can, you know, if they're already sure they just want to talk, they can sign up for a consult, schedule a consult. You know, it's we've tried to make it pretty informative. There's not a lot of information on there. I probably need to do some more to build it up, but You've got um, Dr. Pitcairn's book. That is a, a great yeah. introduction and education for anybody to to learn more about it and what turned me on to um, onto this. Thank you so much for your time today. And thank you even more for what you do and for being such an amazing voice for our animals. We really appreciate well, it's, it. It's, it's truly my pleasure. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Please make sure to leave us a review wherever you're listening from. This is the best way to help pet parents like you find these episodes and get access to all our content. Follow me on Facebook and Instagram at Your Natural Dog and at AngelaArtolino.com.
Introducing MycoDog, an award-winning line of medicinal mushroom extracts combined with adaptogens like ashwagandha, astragalus root, and bacopa monieri, made specifically for your pets. When it comes to mushrooms, sourcing really matters. Unlike other products on the market that are grown in China or elsewhere, the mushrooms in MycoDog tinctures are grown here in the United States to the highest quality standards. MycoDog offers three formulas designed to support senior dogs, as well as those suffering from dementia and canine cognitive disorder, breathing and respiratory issues, or autoimmune diseases and cancer. Use coupon code YNDPODCAST at mycodog.com for 10% off these fantastic fungi.